feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Two draws, two games. Wednesday night, surely Scotland looking for a win against the Faroe Islands at Hampden. We're looking at trying to pick up 18 points from the next eight games. It's a tall order. I think we have left ourselves a mountain to climb. It's not impossible, but it's a real tough ask. I think we're good enough to go and win. I think with the players that we've got, we can go and try and win it still. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Marvin Bartley. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 17 17 700. Let's go, go. Well, some of us thought last Thursday was must-win for Scotland. 2-2 at Hamden against Austria. Most of us thought Sunday night was must-win. 1-1 with our old pals Israel in Tel Aviv. All of us think tomorrow night against the Pharaohs is must-win. What we need is an Englishman and an Australian to give us the voices of reason, not phrases that are generally used in association uh, with either of them, to be perfectly honest. Craig Moore, are Scotland already struggling in these World Cup qualifiers? Ah, look, it's it, it's very early. Uh, a couple of draws against obviously the the, the stronger teams uh, within uh, the group, or you know Denmark probably leading the way, which is which is still to come. But look, I, I think Scotland Scotland done well enough. Certainly, the way they responded um, in Israel Israel second half, uh, there's a lot of positivity moving forward, and I think they'll be okay. But I think Denmark are the favourites. Celtic are still under temporary management as they target the Scottish Cup consolation prize. Rangers have their eyes fixed on a league and cup double. Or are Livingston heading for another (laughs) cup final? Uh, Marv, Marvin Bartley, they kick off on Saturday at home to Wraith Rovers. Yeah, it's a a massive game. Uh, We played Wraith actually last season. A really good footballing team. Um, obviously they'll come into the game with no pressure on them at all being the championship team and all the pressure will be on us to, to win and go through so you know that's the plan you know obviously we'll be positive going into it now we've made the top six and you know we'll be looking to, to win the game and go through to the next round and clearly you will be hot foot from here to get yourself in front of a television to do some spying on Wraith because they played Dunfermline tonight in the championship yeah exactly I've got my pen and pad at home ready uh, to <laughs> mark some things down so I'll be speaking to the, to the gaffer tomorrow and telling him what I've seen so no I'm sure he'll be he'll be watching I think he might actually be going to the game um, so no, we'll be we'll be prepared for them. There'll be no excuses come Saturday. I know you've got a staff who deal with these things for you, your research, <laughs> and uh, have a little look at Wraith tonight. So uh, Wraith against Dunfermline, it's the Fife Derby in Kirkcaldy. Uh, Wraith second in the championship, three points better than Dunfermline. But it it is a crazy looking uh, league table. Uh, that one we'll have a little look later on. Lots of football on tonight because obviously League One and Two are, are back in business. In addition to that game in the championship tonight, Cove Rangers against Airdrie. Falkirk played Dumbarton. I was just looking ahead to Dumbarton playing Aberdeen um, in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. Uh, between now and then, Craig, they play tonight against League One leaders Falkirk. They play on Thursday as well. Then they play Saturday lunchtime against Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup. It's great to have these leagues back, but it really is fixture chaos, isn't it? Yeah, we kind of expected that, didn't we? I mean, obviously with um, 
you know, the, the the delays and the changing of schedules and then, uh, you know, you, when, it, when it rains, it pours kind of thing. You get a lot of games uh, in, in a short period of time and the concern, I, I guess, uh, we had was with, with the, the, the smaller teams not having uh, as big in terms of squads uh, and in terms of the, you know, the amount of work that they're doing leading in and, and injuries and, and what have you. So, look, it's tough. But at the same time, um, you know, the, the group of players and the club and everybody involved would just love being back playing games of football. OK, so Falkirk, uh, De Barton in League One tonight. Montrose East 5, Partick Thistle 4 for Peterhead against Clyde, Sy and Co. at home to Clyde in League One tonight. And in League Two, uh, Albion Rovers against Queen's Park, Brecon Elgin, Cadenbeath, Edinburgh City, uh, Stirling Albion against Stenhouse Muir. It is good to be... Uh, uh, mouthing all those names finally uh, which have been uh, out of action for so long but uh, plenty of football uh, coming up and of course uh, tomorrow night it is Scotland against the Pharaohs at Hamden. How have we done so far? We're going to speak to a Scotland fan in a sec Murray from Edinburgh. Here's Kenny McLean speaking today about Scotland's points total to uh, so far after those two draws. We would love to have more points. Everybody would love to have more points. Um, there's nothing we can do about that now. We can't influence that. It's, it's gone. We, we went to win both games. Didn't happen, so we look forward now. That's all we can continue to do. That's, what, that's all we've done since the managers came in. Um, look what's ahead of us and it's a fair Williams tomorrow so three points we can be sitting in a decent enough position in the group after feeling like we could have done more so you know hopefully we can lay a marker down tomorrow Thursday night then it was Scotland 2 Austria 2 Sunday Israel 1 Scotland 1 in Tel Aviv uh, what will the scoreline be tomorrow night I wonder uh, certainly three points are surely a must for Scotland let's speak to Murray in Edinburgh hi Murray Hi Rob, how are, how are you? you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, I'm good. What are you thinking about uh, two points out of six so far? I mean, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think... But you're going we, to be. <laughs> well, for too many years we have rude early draws in our group and we've always kind of get to the tail end of things yeah. and think, well, what could have been? You know, if I go back, World Cup 2014, drew it home to Serbia, Euro 2016, drew it home to Poland... World Cup 2018 drew home to Lithuania. You know, these are teams we're fighting against and, and only picking a point up in those games, especially early in the campaign, means we just we end up chasing our tails and it adds a you know, huge amount of pressure and you know, ultimately ends up out of our favour. You know, we could hammer on about old campaigns, but you know, we want to think forward, but it just feels with the early result, it, it puts us on the back foot, which is somewhere I just don't think we benefit from being. I mean, maybe the draw against second seeds Austria um, is no bad result, although it was at home and Scotland would yeah. want to win their home games, Marv. But but even away from home, a point against Israel, they're the fourth seeds. Scotland have got to be beating them, haven't they? Yeah, but I mean, you can you can say about seeding and stuff like that, but these are elite players. You know, these are very good players. You're playing against you know anyone who watched a game, and I've watched Israel a few times. Obviously, playing against Scotland, and you know they play the three-five-two, and they're very well drilled at what they do. It was never going to be an easy game to go across to Israel and expect to just win a game. You know, these things don't happen in football. Seedings don't mean anything. You know, we've seen the amount of teams, the smaller teams beat the bigger teams. It happens so often. So seeding means nothing to me. I wouldn't say Israel are a poor team. I wouldn't say it was a great result. I think in the second half, Scotland were absolutely brilliant the way they pressed them and kind of changed the shape and everything else. But 
you know, Israel should be respected. I know they've only won three and 15, but when you go wing backs against wing backs and one team's played it for a lot longer than the other team, you could see it in the first half. You know, Israel were a lot, you know, more comfortable within that formation and made it really hard for Scotland. So, you know, I know a point's not the best result in the world, but at the end of the day, I don't think Israel is poor as what people are making out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure anyone's saying they're poor. I, I don't think so. I mean, we were just speaking before the show about the the, the front, the Israeli front three mm. of Solomon, Solomon Zahavi, and Dabur, who came off the bench, plays for Hoffenheim. I mean, that's a front three that would probably yeah. get into the Scotland team. So, plenty of respect for them. Mm. But, but you know, the reality for Scotland is that we have to finish in the top two in that group to have any chance. Only the yeah. top place gets automatic qualification. Yeah. It's it's into the playoffs if you're if you're runners up. If you're third, you're going nowhere. Yeah, and it's like it's you know you, when you go through a qualifying campaign. I understand when you have you know a couple of draws or you you know you have a a run of draws. You're kind of better off winning or losing matches. You know what I mean in terms yeah. of points. Uh, so certainly, you know, a, a win in one of those games would have been a much better uh, start for for Scotland, but. At the same time, like I said, they're undefeated. Uh, game against Faroe Islands, who did manage to score uh, early doors against Austria before yeah. they were overrun. But look, I mean, Scotland have got to go and do a professional job um, and win the game well. Uh, and and that's, that's all they can do. Like I said, the two games are, are, are gone now. Um, but I understand in terms of the concerns uh, about having a positive start to a campaign. Winning games of football, very, very important. But the advantage as well for Israel at home, Rob, with the supporters, yeah. whereas Scotland at home to Austria with, with no supporters, that plays a part as well, Marvin. Sure yeah, a huge part. I, I definitely agree with that. You know, the Israel players, I spoke to Offi after the game and he said it was it was so, it felt unreal just having fans there. He said it felt like a full stadium because you're so used to the quiet, yeah. you know, week in, week out, obviously playing in Scotland when we have no fans at the moment. He said it was a massive, massive buzz for the players and a massive lift. And that's probably why you saw the, you know, the first half performance from yeah. them. And, and like you said, it makes a huge difference. It was, it was actually strange commentating in that game because it's just been so long with a silent stadium. Uh, and suddenly you hear things like jeering at players and stuff, <laughs> but it, but it's noises that, that you can react to. It's, it's, it's an atmosphere that, that certainly helps uh, the players to perform Murray I was going to ask you uh, what did you make of Scotland first half and second half I mean it seemed that there was a real transformation after the interval when Scotland switched to back four well I think this, the sad thing was we seemed to kick on then and as soon as we got an equaliser we just didn't we didn't go again um, you know it's, and it's again it comes back to that just we almost have a fear of when the pressure's on us you know by going behind in games and then but in turn going behind in an actual campaign there's that fear that I would like to see us kind of play with that fearless nature that it felt like we came out when we went to that four. We looked to have a freedom that we haven't had for a while and it was actually enjoyable watching Scotland, mm-hmm. which is not always something you can say. So we'd love to see more of that. And I think, you know, against the Pharaohs tomorrow, it'll be a very, very different game. But, you know, in those, in those key tight games, it, having that freedom, the international football almost just tightens, tightens teams up and they don't go as loose. You see it with everyone. I would just love to see us play more openly. Here's Stevie Clark uh, today speaking, uh, looking back with a little bit of reflection on that Israel game. I didn't think on Sunday against Israel that we started that badly. I thought we, we started okay in the game. They had the first sort of half chance. We had a big chance from a corner. They had a spell, probably 25 minutes to maybe just after 30 minutes, where they had a really good grip in the game. They had control of the game and I had to change from the sideline. We just tweaked the system a little bit. If they can get to half time, 0-0, we can... 
we can we can readjust again in the dressing room and go out second half. But unfortunately, we conceded the goal just before half time, and that's what happens in football, and that changes the the manner of the game. Fortunately, this time we managed to respond and we got the goal. And when we scored so early in the second half, uh, I had a feeling that we could go on and win it, but it wasn't to be. It does make a good point, doesn't it, about the way Scotland started the game because uh, first set piece pretty McTominay much. McTominay had a uh, great chance. McTominay should should have been hitting the target. You would have yeah. thought with what was a, a pretty clear header, but from from there on, it, it didn't develop well for Scotland, and there was a good chunk I think Stevie Clark said they had about five minutes of the first half for yeah, me yeah. They, they had about 25 minutes of the first half where they dominated possession and just looked very comfortable yeah and like I said it was only when um, you know Israel come into the game with the support that give them that lift and all of a sudden they, they had that good spell but I think look tactically second half he got it spot on uh, Marvin I'm not sure what you think but I think uh, there were a man down in the middle of the park first mm-hmm. half uh, and and yeah. that, and and that's where the where the struggle was. And I think once you know, obviously Henry comes off, made that tactical change, go to a four. Um, and by the way, I like Tierney as a left side of centre half. I've yeah. got to say yeah. um, that worked. And then the extra man with Christie going in, an extra man in the middle of the park that give him a, a little bit more opportunity going forward. Uh, and I think, it, like I said, it was a brave call, but it was one that I think people were crying out for. But he still made that decision, and therefore. Would have liked to have seen Scotland roll over the top of Israel and go and get the three points. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but it was a positive second half. Would you continue with a back four, Marv, for Scotland? I don't know. It's a difficult one. Um, I think you know. I think Scotland do look more comfortable normally in a back three, but I definitely give what Craig's saying there. You know, when they did go to the to, to the four at the back in that game, it made a huge difference in getting the extra player in the midfield against a team that likes to have possession. Um, normally, we used to Scotland going. Like route one, aren't we to Lyndon Dykes? And I think obviously with Chad Adams, as well as he played, doesn't offer that aerial threat that Lyndon does offer. So, you know, we did need the the extra player in the in the centre of the park. But I think that was continuing with the back three. I think it's you know you have to remember this. This is the formation that got to the Euros. Yeah. You know, less we're going away from that because I've had a you know I know the two games after you know qualifying for the Euros weren't great, and then there's been two draws here. But we just need to relax a minute and like think about what's actually happening. There's a long term vision of Steve Clark was to get to the Euros. He's done that, so I can't see him changing the formation and ripping everything up, you know, as I said, with the Euros coming around in, what, three months' time now? It's a it's, it's a very, very interesting one because the three, I still think there's issues with the three in terms of work needs to be done. Yeah. And even Hanley in, in, in the middle, I think in the first half, he, he didn't know when he really needed to go or whether he, he was in halfway house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all of a sudden, second half in a four, he was totally more comfortable yeah. uh, Tierney very aggressive can play as a left side of centre half has that flexibility and also Robinson I think in a four he's happier isn't he yeah. it, for me yeah. for me, it looks it looks better but I understand that they have they have had a three and they've had success but whether or not that's a future or not I don't know what do you think Murray did you, did you like the look of Robertson in his customary uh, role at Liverpool at a, as a left back in a four and Kieran Tierney well Kieran Tierney the way he's playing at the moment would be comfortable probably in any position in the team uh, and certainly left centre back um, he he looked apart yeah I think the sad thing is we have two or two world class players in the same position and Steve Clark almost makes too much of an effort to squeeze them both in and it doesn't actually suit either of their you know positions I agree I think Tierney does look good as part of a four as that left centre half and I think that's the best option because with one of them at left wing back you're you're not actually getting the best out of both players that you've got so rather than trying to squeeze them into that I think with the four with Robertson at left back works a lot better and for me it it showed you know you saw we were playing so much better football um, with that so that's the way to go forward and you know okay the Pharaohs will be an easier game but why not play that way again 
just to get more used to it and, and have the team set up and ready for the Euros when it comes along. So would it be a four, Craig, against the Pharaohs, do you, do you think, tomorrow night? Or would you revert to the three? It doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> <laughs> it depends oh, it does to me. No, no, but, but again, I, I, I personally feel as if, like I said, it's a... It's a it's a better fit uh, in terms of you know gives you more of an opportunity to get players in forward areas um, to to be able to go and have an influence on on games you know like for me even if it's Dykes although I think Che Adams is obviously probably what he's shown showed show that he could be the star man up top but he, he needs to have support he needs to have people close to him I think the days of leading the line uh, as an isolated striker. It's not going to bring you success in, in, in national team football over a longer period of time or in a tournament situation. Um, so four at the back, people are very clear on their on their roles. Um, and I actually think that defensively that makes you sharper. Against the Pharaohs, Marv, would you play Dykes and Adams? Yeah, I'm going with both of them, which means you have to go, for me, a three at the back to get two strikers mm. on the pitch. Um, so yeah, I'll be playing both of them. I'll be going and attacking them. Um, and, you know, putting on a performance. You know, I think all Scotland fans want to see a, a huge performance now, and I think they've got the players to do it. So, Dykes and Adams, for me, I'll pair them together and, you know, let them go and do their thing. Here's Stevie Clark on the Pharaohs. So they give us a fright, the first 30 minutes especially. They got themselves in front. They're a physical team, they're physical, they're good at what they do. Uh, norm- normally, two banks of four defensive. Uh, defensively, solid. Two good strikers with a little bit of legs, a little bit of pace. And a threat on set plays because you have some really big ones. One of the beauties of international football, you're always being asked different questions. So it's, it's good, it's another challenge for the players that are selected to start the game. And, and obviously we want the three points to finish the week with as many points as we can get. Yeah, he does point out there rightly um, that the, the Fairers were ahead in Austria uh, the other night uh, before Austria came back to win 3-1, Murray. What, what are you thinking about how this game's going to go tomorrow night? I think the realistic thing is, is not, nothing less than a comfortable win will be you know, accepted by the Tartan Army. The Pharaohs are the whipping boys of the group and after you know, an element of not too positive a start, I feel that Steve Clark needs to set the team up to go out to dominate. I mean, I think the Pharaohs going ahead of Austria. These things happen in games. You know, it happened to us, I think it was Gibraltar when it goal up against us a while back. It happens. I don't think it's anything to look too much into. We just need to treat it as our own game. I feel very confident, although I've been a bit pessimistic. I feel we will go out and put a few past them. Hopefully, Shea Adams can, you know, get off the mark. He looks like a player. Let's hope he's not a bit of a, you know, one campaign wonder like Michu was back with Swansea. But I feel confident <laughs> for tomorrow. No concerns. Okay, confident Murray in Edinburgh about Scotland against the Fairies tomorrow night. Good to hear from you. Thank you very much. Cheers, Murray. His thoughts on Scotland against Pharaohs after two draws for Stevie Clark and co. So far, what do you make of those Scotland performances? How do you think we are in Group F as we speak? Because we're making sweeping judgments. It's what we do, even just a couple of games in. Certainly must win, though, tomorrow night. I don't think it can be described as anything else. Give us your thoughts on that or indeed anything else. What about Celtic, the long wait for a director of football head coach? Any of the above would be welcome, I think, with the Celtic fans who are uh, confused about what is going on or what is not going on at the moment. Uh, But it's a Scottish Cup campaign which gets underway at the weekend. Can Celtic get that consolation prize or will it be a league and cup 
double for Rangers. Other contenders, of course, as well. Others quite close to us who have been in cup finals already this season. On the socials, at Go Football Show, text GO and your message to 87474. And uh, the phone number is 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Did we almost have Craig Moore on the Go Radio travel there? It certainly <laughs> seemed <laughs> like it. I was talking about potential 4 4 twos with Marvin. You didn't have any news on the Clydeside Expressway, did you? No, sorry, I never, I never, I never come in that way. All going to be going back that way. <laughs> it's Craig Moore, Marvin Bartley, Rob McLean, the Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday. There's football tonight, of course, in the Championship. Wraith Rovers against Dunfermline, and Wraith will play Marv's Livingston on Saturday in the Scottish Cup, which is pretty quick fire, isn't it? Once it gets going, it's taken a while to get it back, Marv. But but once that third round happens at the weekend, it pretty much uh, speeds on through the month doesn't it yeah playing catch up now with it really so um you know as i said hopefully we can win saturday and and be part of the teams going forward you know i'd rather be complaining about too many games than, than not enough games because we've been knocked out so listen everyone wants to be playing football craig touched on it earlier everyone's happy to be back you know to some teams playing tuesday thursday saturdays you won't have any complaints from anyone you know we're so happy to be back playing football and, and for us personally you know saturday's a must win any scottish cup thoughts uh, give us a buzz on the usual number 0808 17 17 700 you drive the discussion as usual on the Go Radio Football Show some breaking news this afternoon five Rangers players who breached COVID-19 rules have uh, been given a six game ban by the Scottish FA Bongani Zungu Nathan Patterson Calvin Bassey uh, Dapu Mibude and Brian Kinnear were all cited after a party was broken up by police in February the group were fined by the club, who were also in dialogue with the SFA and Scottish Government about the incident. A four-match ban will be served immediately with two suspended Craig until the end of the season. Uh-huh. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's fairly similar to, to the earlier sanction with, with Edmondson. I, I think yeah, they got James, seven games, didn't they? Seven, seven games. So, look, I, I think we, we've been speaking for some time now. We knew that the, a punishment was, was coming and, you know, for... for for Patterson in particular, very, yeah. very, very un, un, unfortunate, uh, and highlights kind of, you know, the mistake. Uh, although, like I said, big believer in, in giving a, a second chance, but he dipped his toes and he showed people what he could do, uh, and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, missing out on those matches. But you know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a right decision, and unfortunately, a, a mistake that's been made by these group of players, but it's been dealt with now, uh, and it's consistent with. Fairly, uh, fairly much what had happened previously. Yeah, here's where it hurts, uh, I guess, more for, for Nathan Patterson because I mean James Tavernier is probably on the way back. I don't know if he's ready for the Scottish Cup at the weekend, um, but there's no doubt that Patterson uh, would have got some more game time between now and the end of the season because he's done so well since coming in. So, so this this is where it's going to hurt for him. No, definitely, and you know, and I think secretly Stephen Jarrod will be be happy that it's happened at this time of Tavener being injured. And he can say to him, "Listen, you've made a huge mistake here, and look, it's costing you, as you said, game time. And you know, playing for for a big club like Rangers, you want to go out there week in week out and be playing games, especially when Tavener is injured. So you know, he's he's made a mistake. You know, the the, the SFA have, have made the right decision and suspended them because obviously there's a pandemic going on at the moment, and, and players can't be out doing these sorts of things. But Patterson personally, you know, be he'll be extremely upset at himself." you know, for, for what's gone on. But, you know, it's, it's part and parcel of the game now. He needs to kind of draw a line underneath it, get back after the four games and begin training hard and try and get back in the team. That's the bad news for Rangers today. The good news is uh, that uh, Alfredo Morelos has uh, won the SPFL Premiership Player of the Month uh, award. And, of course, um, 
It's the first time you've been back in the studio, Craig, since uh, since the one-all draw in the old firm game and, and Alfredo Morelos got his first goal against Celtic. Yeah, finally, finally got his goal. I mean, Morelos, um, you know, in terms of the old firm games, like, you always, as a striker, want to get that goal. So that that's fantastic for him to be able to get that uh, out of the way. Uh, look, he's he, he has performed, uh, I think, very well over that period of time, the last four to, four to six weeks. As I've always said with him, even if he's not scoring goals, it's the way that he can he can occupy one, two uh, players of, of your opponent and other people benefit from from that. So, look, whether he's scoring goals, whether he's assisting, uh, he's been a big player for Rangers. Uh, personally, for him, he'd be delighted to, to get an old firm goal in the draw. I wonder, um, will there be any sales at Rangers in the course of the summer? If you listen to Barry Ferguson in this very studio, uh, he tells us that he's pretty sure that uh, Rangers won't be selling anybody in the summer, Marv, unless they get a ridiculous offer. Yeah, I think, and I kind of agree with Barry, but I think there will be some big offers coming in for some of their players. Um, but, you know, looking from Rangers from, from the outside in, I don't think that they'll be caught on their heels, so to speak. I think they'll have replacements for players if they are to be sold. You know, I don't think it'll be a, a reactive thing. I think they'll be being proactive behind the scenes right now. And if one of their big players are to go, you know, they'll have somebody who they think they can bring in and maybe develop and then sell on again. So, you know, I think Rangers will, will be expecting bids um, 100%. Whether they accept them or not, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's going to be based on the size of them. But there will definitely be bids, I think, for some of their players after the season they've had, um, you know, some of their players have been absolutely fantastic. Rangers are already strengthening up for next season. They've mm-hmm. they've signed Scott Wright from Aberdeen, a couple of guys from Bournemouth. Yep. Uh, more transfer action expected uh, in the course of the summer. As Steven Gerrard looks to put together a squad he thinks can qualify this time because it's not automatically through to the group uh, this time around, but it could be the, the season after. So Rangers are building that squad and it does throw a big spotlight on what's happening on the other side of the city. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, we don't know very much. I was going to say, what is happening? <laughs> if I find out... I'll let you know. Communication yeah, has been yeah. uh, pretty no, minimal, well, hasn't again, it? Again, I was in two, maybe two, three weeks ago, and we we're having the kind of the same conversation. Not heard anything new or, or any progression from uh, two or three weeks ago. We, you know, we're still talking, or we're seeing a short list of potential coaches. Whether it be Roy Keane, there's been a lot, of, you know, a lot of uh, interest about of late. Eddie Howe, uh, you know, these are the kind of names that have been getting thrown about now for for some time. Um, Football director, what's going to are Celtic going to um, you know make that step, and is that the the person that's going to come in place at the beginning to then bring the the coach in? There's still loads of questions and no answers, and and I understand the frustration for uh, the Celtic supporters. Um, I think the importance of getting the the right coach, Rob, getting the the right coach that um, is able to attract the right players because there's going to be a lot of change at Celtic. Uh, and, you know, I know people are going, well, is there or, you know, but I remember when Rangers, were, when I was at Rangers, we were going for 10 in a row, yeah, and the the, se- the the season drifted away from us. We lost. It was a massive, massive clear out. Um, and I think the same thing will happen at Celtic. And they could hit an awkward moment, couldn't they? I mean, it would be it would be nicely awkward if they win the Scottish Cup, but if if they do, and John Kennedy is there till the end of the season, and he's the winning manager, uh, that poses a question at that point. Uh, do you really get rid of the manager who's at least given you some silverware at the end of the season? Because a lot of Celtic fans uh, on this show who call us Marv say John Kennedy isn't the right appointment for, for them because you're you're putting him up against Steven Gerrard and, and the success he's had at Rangers and the sort of players he can attract. 
Yeah, there's no sentiment in football, though. You know, Celtic won't be making a decision based on John Kennedy winning the, the Scottish Cup or not. Um, you know, I think they'll have a list of people they want to speak to. You know, I know there has been a lot of silence from the club, but when anyone's being appointed at any football club, you never really... They don't come out and say, we're speaking to this guy, we're speaking to, you know, that person. It doesn't happen. So, obviously, they're, they're going about their business in, in the correct fashion for me. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of frustration from Celtic fans because they want to know what's going on right here and now, but they need to make the right appointment. You know, if they'd have made an appointment three or four days after Lennon, you know, going and made the wrong appointment in the long term, people would have been really frustrated at that. So sometimes clubs can't win. You know, I think Celtic are doing the right thing. There's a lot of big and good names linked with the job, um, but I agree they need to get probably a director of football in. But from what I have heard, I think they're down to the last one or two people that they're speaking to about this. So I think they're a lot further along than some people you yeah. know, might actually know. So, um, you know, I, I expect Celtic to get things sorted, as I said, over probably the next week. Um, you know, I think people will know what jobs they'll be doing next season and then they'll be trying to build. As Craig said, there's a massive rebuilding job to be done there. Um, and, I, you know, I think the, the new manager, if it's, you know, one of the couple of names that I have heard, then they'll get it right. Oh, come on, tell us. Uh, who you heard? Who you heard? <laughs> Craig Moore's one. <laughs> I need to go get my badges out. It's not oh, the Moon and Bartley oh, dream team, is it? Oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, is, it is very, very interesting. Like I says, I, I agree. I think that there's there's obviously a lot of work being done, but behind the scenes, um, the announcement will, will, will come when they, they are ready. Uh, but I think, like I says, the importance of it and the timing of it, you know, if you're you're a player, so all of a sudden yeah. now a club's interested. But who's a coach? It's yeah. a, it's the first question that people will ask. Um, so they need to get that sorted in terms of their rebuilding process. How significant, Marv, do you think is the departure of Scott Brown to Aberdeen at the end of the season? You know, I don't I don't think that that helps really. Um, Scott Brown, as I've spoken about before on this show, is a massive influence. You know, off the pitch um, as well as on it. You know, so seeing somebody like him leave the football club um, makes it, I think, more difficult for a new manager coming in. I've heard a few people saying, oh, it's good that he's gone because, you know, he's a big personality. You, you need big personalities. At a club like Celtic, when you're used to winning things and he's used to leading the club to winning things, I think Scott Brown would have been, been key to a new manager. But, you know, he's gone now, so you need to move on. As harsh as that sounds, this is football. You know, so Celtic can't afford to look around and be like, oh, we've lost Scott Brown now as well. Just need to get on with the new manager. Get the new manager in, get the new director of football in. You know, get the players in the, and start speaking to the players that you want to, to bring in and the players that you also might want to keep. You know, there's a few big players whose contracts are up You know, next season, yeah. end of next season. They need to sort this out because they need to get them sold straight away or try and get them on new contracts. So I think Celtic probably do need to speed things up. But as I said, I expect things to be done in the next seven days in terms of a new manager. Let's come back to talk about Scotland against Scotland Faroes tomorrow night. The third match of three. Our opening World Cup qualification campaign is underway with a couple of draws. Luke Instranrar. Hi, Luke. How you doing there? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not what, too bad. what are you thinking so far about uh, the, the home draw with Austria uh, and the away draw with Israel? Uh, mixed emotions. There's positives to take from it, but... Yeah, I think better results will come. But What would you like to say you were wanting to make a point about players? Yeah, it's just a question for Marvin and Craig. Just regarding personnel with the Scotland squad, do you think Tierney and Robertson can play together in the same side? I mean, they're such good players, but do you think going forward you have to leave one of them out to balance the side and put a player in who's been missing out to accommodate one of them? Or, and I suppose if you do, who do you leave out of the two? Marv? Well, sitting here now, you know, me and Craig spoke about this off air, if you could only play one at this moment in time um, in the back four. But it's very different us sitting here and speaking about it. I'm telling you right now, if I'm the Scotland manager, they're both playing. 
and I'm going with Stevie Clark's the three five two because I need both of them in my team. They're, they're too good to leave one of those players out. Um, you know, I think Tierney can play and he's comfortable. You know, the left side of the three and Robertson. It might not be a strongest position at left back, but you know, I still want him. In, I still want both in my team. So for me, I'm going to play both of them. But if you're asking me now, sitting here in the mm-hmm. studio, it's easy for me to say I'm going to play one or the other. But if I'm being truthful with you, they'll both be playing, and I'll be playing the same kind of shape that Scotland have been playing. Uh, and, I, and I respect Marvin's answer because he's still involved playing in the game. He's got to be very, very careful. I, I, I'm on the other side. So I guess the, the, the two questions there, I mean, do I think both can play in the same team? 100%. I think uh, always find positions for your best players and they're two phenomenal players. So yes, they can both play in the same side. If one of them was going to be left out and therefore, um, you know, with that left fullback or left wingback role and you had a choice between Robertson or Tierney, then I would choose Tierney uh, current, current form. I think he's the player that's in better form. So he would be the player that would start for me. Did you have an answer or look to your own question? No, I'd agree with Craig on that. I would stick with Tierney. Just I think he's done superb this year for Arsenal. So no, I would agree with that. I just thought that looked pretty comfortable second half the, with Tierney, uh, the form he's in at the moment, left centre half. He's so quick, of course. He's got he's got recovery in an issue for him, really. Uh, and, and Andy Robertson just looked so much happier uh, to be left side of a four. Mm. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. I think it'd just be interesting just to see the likes of Nesbitt and Smith. I mean, it's hard now. There is a lot of good players in the Scotland side at the minute, just a little chomp for a bit to get in. So it's hard to kind of chop and change at the moment. But no, just I think with the two left-backs playing, sometimes you kind of wonder. He will make changes uh, tomorrow night, but I don't imagine he'll make wholesale changes, Marv. Uh, you know, for instance, a debut for Kevin Nisbet. I think that, that would be too much of a gamble in a game that you want to be winning before you think about giving him his debut. Not that you want to be winning, you have to be winning. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, this is a huge game and you can't disrespect the, the Faroe Islands and think, oh, we can make, you know, five, six changes because if you don't win this game, all of a sudden there's massive pressure on qualification. So, you know, I, I still think he has to go with his strongest team. Obviously, we'll try and freshen it up a bit because there has been a lot of games. I think you saw John McGintyre towards the end of the last mm-hmm. game and that's why he was brought off. But I still think Steve Clark will start with his strongest team. So I don't expect Nisbet to play, no. Um, I imagine it being Che Adams and one more if they go with two strikers or if they only go with one and I think Che Adams again because at this moment in time he's probably you know the best informed striker that they have. Mm. Um, but yeah, he can't be making too many changes you know, because that can't afford to come back and bite us. I wonder if Kenny McLean uh, might start in this game. Uh, this was him talking earlier today about the Faroes. Everybody will say that they are a lesser football team. There's no doubt about that. We'll go into these games as... This game is, is massive favourites. Maybe the other two we weren't so much, and the expectation again is is even higher. Getting into these games, as I say, it's down to us tomorrow. If we are right, if we apply ourselves right, we're prepared right. You know, we've done everything we, that we can do in training. You know, it's it's about mentality and application now. So, what are the changes you would like to see, Luke, in the in the team for tomorrow? I think just seeing the likes of John Flake being introduced. Uh, I mentioned this bit before as well. Just seeing a bit more kind of attacking prowess in the team going forward. I mean, it's fine being hard to beat, but against these teams, you just like to see us go for it a bit more now. I think Stuart Armstrong's a, a player uh, I would like to see in the in the starting lineup. I mm. mean, he, he came off the bench very late in Israel. I thought I mean he had a big impact in that last last ten minutes. I think I think he gives Scotland a, a, an extra dimension, Craig, doesn't he? You know, he does, and look, he, he's, a, he's a good player playing, playing at the highest level. He was unlucky when he came on, he had the, the shot that, that uh, went across goal that just, just wired of the post there. Yeah. Um, no, but, but Armstrong, he, look, he takes up very, very good positions. 
Um, you know, that, that kind of in-between position. So defensively, you know, it's uncertainty. But he, nice positions. He's got good composure in front of goals. Um, look, it's international football, you've got to earn the right to start. I understand that people want to see changes. Again, but you kind of, you want to... You want to freshen things up, but people have still got to earn that right to go and play, uh, and that's that for me is very very important. And you know, it's a it's a winnable game. Um, the, right, let's hope so. The intent, no, but the intent and the purpose and the and and the way they go about their business from the very first whistle is so important to getting the right result because these games can 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 go really flat if you don't bring the right temperament and mentality. Luke, what's your prediction for tomorrow night at Hampden? I think comfortable 4-5-0 tomorrow. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, we can relax and enjoy it. Wonderful. I like the sound of that. Let's hope you're right. Good to have you on the show. Thanks. Cheers, Luke. That's Luke in Stranraer looking ahead to Scotland Faroes tomorrow night. Get involved in the football discussion with us on the Go Radio Football Show 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Tuesday's edition of the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Marvin Bartley and Craig Moore in the studio and Chris on the travel. Thanks for that. He will be back uh, before too much longer. Scotland against the Pharaohs tomorrow night. You'll be getting in touch on the socials at Go Football Show if you want to ask anything or have your say. Uh, Brian Boy 2016 says Turnbull... Uh, deserves a chance top player in a very poor Celtic side this season he says obviously with a a bit of uh, disappointment in his voice but uh, and that boat has sailed unfortunately in terms of the squad he's not in this one I wonder if he will be in the next one because he's been outstanding hasn't he for uh, Celtic so far this season Uh, Jake Service uh, a one word message is Nisbet so I think uh, I think we know who he's wanting uh, to get a chance tomorrow night it's probably going to depend how that uh, game goes um, here's one from Davy Tierney at left back instead of Robertson Che Adams again he says and uh, this one from Zach Service John McLaughlin should be given his chance kept 10 clean sheets for Rangers earlier in the season uh, Craig Gordon of course is in the squad as well what did you think of uh, David Marshall's attempt to keep out that strike from Peretz in Tel Aviv Craig Moore yeah I was interested to see whether you were going to ask that look <laughs> I mean obviously it was a fantastic strike wasn't it and I it's the pace of the ball that, that that beats Marshall. You know, I think he's surprised by the pace because when you, when you see we get the benefit of the replay and all that, he kind of he's across. Um, so he'll probably be disappointed. Two good hands to it. Yeah, he'll be disappointed, like I says. But I think it was the pace um, that, that's obviously uh, caught him a little bit off guard. It was a great hit, wasn't it? But uh, I mean, David Marshall is is everyone's hero. Everybody loves David Marshall because of his penalty saves that got us uh, to the Euro finals, Marv. But uh, I mean, I guess you could point the finger at him for one of the goals uh, against Austria as well. The 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 shot from Grilich that he that he stopped and put out in front rather than uh, got away from goal, Uh, and then the one the long ranger from from Perez. What what was your view? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dave Marshall be his own worst critic. you know, but it's, it's difficult in goal, you know. At all times, I've blamed goalkeepers for things before and <laughs> I'm thinking if I was in there, you know, a lot more would be going in. So, yeah, listen, obviously you'd want to push the first one you're talking about into probably a better area. But, you know, I think he's pushed it into the best area he possibly could have at the time. So, 
you know, it's one of those things. But getting two hands to a ball, I think any goalkeeper's going to be disappointed not keeping it out of the net when, when that does happen. Um, you know, as he said, he's, he's the hero because he made the penalty save, but he won't want to live off the back of that. You know, each game will be going and trying to improve, uh, trying to go into the, you know, the Euros in really good form. And, you know, I think he will be disappointed. You know, he did get two hands to it. And looking at it again, it was a fantastic strike, but he's a top goalkeeper. And I think he would have expected himself to save that. And as Marv says, he does have some credit in the bank, doesn't he, David Marshall? He definitely has some runs on the board. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I said, it celebrated a really great moment for, for Scottish football uh, in terms of qualification for a major tournament in 23, 22, 23 years. 23, you, yeah. You know, so... Um, He's a he's a great goalkeeper, like I said. But you know, great goalkeepers and they analyse their own performances. They they'll be honest and say I, I probably could have done better. But like I said, it was a pace of the ball. Yeah. Um, and and you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't normally uh, let the team down. He'll continue to uh, to work hard to bounce back because he's a great professional. Yeah, I mean, you can you can question uh, his goalkeeping, and and as you say, Murphy, he would be questioning it himself, no doubt yeah. about it. But you can also question uh, the players. Maybe Scott McTominay was closest, who didn't get anywhere near uh, Dor Peretz when it, when he had that crack at goal. I mean, it, that, that it was all too easy, wasn't it, to get that shot away? It was, but I don't think many people were expecting a shot. I certainly wasn't. Yeah. You know, I wasn't expecting to shoot from there. And I know it's easy to, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If you'd have closed him, he wouldn't have had the time to shoot and whatever else. But yeah. I don't think there's a lot of players out there that were expecting a shot. And maybe that's what caught David Marshall like slightly out because he wasn't expecting a shot either. So by the time the guys hit it and he's trying to get across, you know, it's almost caught him kind of off guard. So yeah, there was a few things in the build up and like you said, pressing the ball and everything else. But sometimes you have to just hold your hands up and say, you know, it is a good yeah. strike and it's caught us off guard. That's football. And I, and I think you, you, for me, bang on right at the end there. Sometimes uh, goals are scored in a game and you're trying to pull it apart and pick mistakes and all that sort of stuff. You know what? He was 30 yards out. Mm. Um, for me, the pressure on the ball, but nobody's expecting him to score from there. And, and actually, having that time again, you go, you know what? I'm quite happy for you to shoot from there. Yeah. 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 You know, so like sometimes you've just got to applaud the goal. And maybe um, uh, uh, some of the, the criticism, uh, and there has been criticism about individuals um, and about overall performances and tactics and, and all the rest of it, stems from Scotland's uh, success in qualifying for, for the European finals. And Stevie Clark talking today about the level of expectation now. I've been in this job a relatively short period of time. I know it seems like forever, but when you look at the actual games that we've played, it's been strung out over a long time. It was, I think it was nearly 10 months without international football. So it's a long time. We've managed to qualify for a major tournament for the first time in 23 years. And we don't want to forget that. We don't want to forget the good feeling. I don't want anybody to be too negative. We're certainly not negative in the camp. Team are in a good place. Everyone understands what we're trying to achieve, and we'll try and achieve that going forward. The increase in expectations is is because we've done well. Yeah, we do get carried away very quickly, <laughs> don't we? Because it's been so miserable for for so long. Um, and and he's he's right, and and he is steady Eddie, isn't he, Stevie Stevie Clark? He ain't going to be getting overexcited when Scotland do well, and he ain't going to be in the depths. Uh, when things don't go well. Yeah, that's a sign of a good manager, isn't it? You know, take emotion out of it, um, you know, just look forward to the next game. And as you said, so many would have been so high with the, you know, qualifying for the Euros and then probably the next four games would be so low now. But as you said, he has that kind of happy medium where he just goes along, keeps ticking the games off. 
and that calmness, you know, that transpires to the players also. You know, if you've got a manager that one minute's really, really happy and you're doing well, and then all of a sudden he's reading negative things, and then you know he seems really nervous. Again, that affects the team. Mm. So having Steve Clark the way he is will allow the players to go into tomorrow's game um, as calm as possible, knowing full well we need to win this game. You know, but as you said, he's he's kind of happy just to go along. But as football fans, I'm a football fan as well, and we're we're so fickle, aren't we? You know, we 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 are so <laughs> fickle as as people because we always want better. We always want them to do better. You know, we want to complain about style of play after we had a little bit of success. Why is he doing this? Why are they doing that? But that's just the, that's just the nature of the game we're in. What you can't argue about is the quality uh, in that Scotland squad and some of the players who can't get into the starting eleven, including so far Kenny McLean. Every game we go into, we want to win. Um, that's going to be no different tomorrow. As I say, we are we are massive favourites, and you know we we've got so much quality in this squad, and that's why we are the favourites. So we need to bring that quality out. As I say, not underestimate the opponent we've got because they'll come here. We'll make they'll make it tough. We we'll saw that you know upsets can happen. So it's down to how we approach the game and our mentality. And it all means the, the depth of, of quality means that he hasn't started so far. And, and in Tel Aviv, uh, the likes of uh, Ryan Christie and, and Stuart Armstrong were on the bench. Yeah, now look, I mean, it's important. If you're going to be successful, um, you need to have depth. Uh, and you, it's, you, know, you need to have people continually competing for positions. And that's healthy. Um, but Scotland have good depth uh, and like I said I, I love Scotland I love watching Scotland play I love to see Scotland do well uh, and, and Steve Clark recognised that half time tactically needed to make a change alright uh, and, and second half was, was much better Scotland have got very very good players it's just you're always waiting for, for, for that moment for it all to click uh, to, to really get the best of and, and a lot of the time like I said it seems to be a little bit too little too late so it's, it's trying to get that balance, Rob, where you get a little bit of a, a adventure in terms of adventurous in terms of uh, attacking, but at the same time you've got to make sure that you're you know you're well organised in your structure because conceding goals and then chasing games it's it's difficult. You get the odd result, you might be able to come over the top, but to do that on a regular uh, situation at international level, at top level, mate, it, it's impossible. Are we overreacting? Do you think, Marv? To, to, to think that we're already behind the eight ball after a couple of draws of course we are you know it's two games in and, it, and it's two draws and listen everyone would want to have more points on the board but there's still a lot of football to be played you know you, you win against the, the Faroe Islands tomorrow and then all of a sudden you know it's, it's five points and then you know when the next group of games come about you know you get another couple of wins and it's happy days again mm. you know it's, it's only two games in no matter what we're saying no matter you know what the point situation it's only two games in so Forget about, you know, the doom and gloom right now. Let's go and win the next game and then see where that takes them. And then obviously when the next uh, group of qualifiers come around again, get as many points as possible on the board. And when you get to halfway, then you can start thinking, right, we need to do this, that and the other. But at this moment in time, I just think, you know, yeah, it's far too much doom and gloom. But the players won't be feeling that. They, they really won't, you know. They, they know there's been two draws. They know they need to win tomorrow and that's it, you know. They'd have probably looked at these first three games and thought, if we would have came out of it maybe with seven points, that would have been probably ideal. But if you come out of it with five points, you know, you're two points behind where you want it to be. But there's plenty of time to catch up those with that point total. That was great. That was like speaking to my therapist. Do you, do you, do you charge per hour? I feel so much calmer after, after listening to you there. I, I was just thinking about Stuart Armstrong. We were spoke, touching on, on, on the earlier that his late introduction in Tel Aviv and, and maybe with a bit of hindsight, he could have been on another 10, 15 earlier but I do like the, the idea of him and Che Adams in the same team just because of uh, their connection at Southampton well again you know in football combinations uh, can be uh, really important so that they've got a, a good understanding and work to work together on a daily basis is is a huge um, benefit 
You know, and you look at it as well, Lyndon Dykes. Lyndon Dykes gets a, a cheap booking in the first game against Austria as well. So he's gonna he's gonna miss a game or two through this campaign, you know, because that's the big man. That's that's the way he plays. Yeah. Um. So there are going to be opportunities, uh, and and you know, you're right, Armstrong. Um. You know, with Adams. Uh, Adams, I, I I felt he's a big plus, isn't he? No, for me, he's he. He's had a very, very good game. Like I said, I know the first half didn't really play out the way that they would have liked. He surprised me in terms of his hold-up play because I didn't think he was that kind of target man type. Uh, he, he looked as if he can do that as well, but he's got good mobility. Um, he's very composed. Um, I think he's going to be a very dangerous and very important player for Scotland. News at six on the way, plus uh, second hour of football charts. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. And apart from everything else, we're heading for a Scottish Cup weekend. It is third round. I think I'm right in saying uh, it starts on Friday night with a Highland Derby, kicks on into Saturday and Sunday and Monday. It's a long weekend. It certainly is. Uh, it's Rob McLean with Craig Moore and Marvin Bartley, Tuesday's Goat Radio Football Show. And the Scottish Cup, of course, uh, Marv, has got uh, marvellous memories for you, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, some fantastic memories. Um, obviously in 2016 uh, David Gray getting his head on on the end of the ball and you know hearing the fans kind of the roar coming from them um, was unbelievable and the, the days that followed that as well you know something that will live long in my memory Part, party time yeah, yeah it was it was uh, I'm not a massive drinker but even I had a few beers after that um, but no it's fantastic what an achievement and then the parade the following day um, you know, it's spine tingling even to speak about now, you know, the kind of the scenes and the amount of fans that came out and, and everything else. But I remember when I first came up here, you know, all the fans were saying to me, forget about the league, we're in a championship at this point, forget about that, just win the Scottish Cup for us. And I couldn't get my head around it. Because, you know, when I spoke to Alan Stubbs, I was brought in to help the team, you know, achieve promotion back to the Premier League. But the fans didn't care about that at that point. It was all about the Scottish Cup. And to achieve that, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the best day in my career. And, you know, as I said, something that will live with me to the grave. And is it, I mean, is it in any way disappointing that you didn't get on the pitch? I was disappointed for all the 30 seconds of, of finding out that I wasn't playing. Um, you know, I, I played in every other round as well, so it was highly frustrating. But no, listen, uh, I'm a winner. I want to win whether I'm on the pitch or I'm off the pitch. You know, if somebody said to me about the League Cup final the other day, you have to be sub and not get on, but your team will win, I would have taken that all day. Um, so no, any disappointment that I had was, was gone within 30 seconds. And just to be a, a part of that, you know, in the history of the club, you know, as I said, for me, is a, a massive achievement. The Scottish Cup obviously means a lot to you as well, Craig, when I remind you that you won it four times because <laughs> uh, whenever we talk about this, uh, you never really know. But I love the winning feeling. I love the winning feeling. No, not that I've won. I mean, look, I, was, I was fortunate um, that Rangers were, were very successful in the time that I was I was at the football club. So, you know, winning titles and, and winning cups, um, like I said, was fortunate to be in those positions. But as Marvin touched on, it's like... It's sharing those moments and memories with family uh, and also people that you work in day in, day out, blood, sweat and tears. uh, And, you know, to get that opportunity... um to, to be successful and lift a trophy come end of the season. There's there's no better feeling. It's it's really a great feeling. Can you remember what years you won the Scottish Cup? 
This is pushing it. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? 2002, 2003? I've, I've, well, I'm, going, I'm starting with 95, 96. Yeah. 99, 2000, 2001, 02, and 02, 03. So, yeah. The later, the later ones I'm better with because, I, and I'll tell you why. See, my, my first six years, Marvin, at Rangers, I was a. I was a bit part player. Yeah. I was a squad player. And, and as much as I felt part of everything, there's that bit personally that, you know, you want to be a starting 11 yeah. player and you want to really contribute and, and deliver and all that sort of stuff. So, like, my earlier years, I was I was a fringe player, Rob. So when I started to play more and become that regular player under Avocat, um, my memory gets a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> the happy ones. <laughs> so, so four Scottish Cups, one, two, three, four, five titles... Yes. With Rangers and the League Cup. How many times League Cup? Uh, You're going to be couple. guessing anyway. No, three. 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 Um, but I'm going to share this one with the listeners because uh, during, when the news was on, I, I, we, were, we were speaking about, uh, we, I was trying to refresh his memory basically about his Scottish Cup record. And I said, Newcastle, Intertoto Cup? He said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did we get on in that? You won it. <laughs> <laughs> you won the UEFA Intertoto Cup in 2006. But that was for that. Yeah, we qualified to the Europa. Or yeah, the, but it was, it was a trophy in its own right. I don't remember it? that being a tournament so. or such, but. No. Yeah. What was go. the best out of all of those? Out of all the things that you've won, which sticks in your mind saying this was the best one for me? For me, it was it was a season that we'd done the treble, 2002, 2003. The three trophies obviously were, were great, yeah. but it was more about that camaraderie and, and that team spirit and, and that togetherness. We had fun doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that's probably the one I always come back to. Let's look at some of the games uh, coming up at the weekend. Uh, we've touched on your own game, of course, Marv Livingston, uh, at home to Wraith Rovers on Saturday. And it is going to be difficult, isn't it? John McGlynn is doing an amazing job with them. They play tonight against Dunfermline. Um, they've got a great chance of being in the playoffs um, and with a chance of getting up. Um, so you won't be taking them lightly, that's obvious. Oh, no chance. You know, As I said, we played them last season. They actually went ahead. Uh, they went 1-0 up and we, we managed to turn it around and win 2-1 but they're a fantastic team in, in terms of the way they play. They play football in the right way. They're, they're really well drilled. Um, everybody's on the same kind of wavelength. So, you know, we know that we have to perform. You know, we're not good enough to have, you know, four or five boys have the, have the day off and try and get through because we'll be the upset. And nobody wants to be that that team, you know, on, on the Sunday morning when you're reading the papers and it's, you know, Wraith Ravers have not tapped Livingston Football Club. Um, you know, we don't want to be that team, but we'll show them the respect that they deserve. But we also know if we turn up and they turn up, we win the game. You know, and that's always a nice confidence kind of to have. But saying that, we have to turn up. If we don't, you know, we, we could be in trouble. So while we're talking about Wraith Rovers, I've just dug up the, the championship table here. It's absolutely crazy because uh, you've got Hearts. We'll yeah, speak about, hearts in, a, we'll, we'll speak clear, about yeah. hearts in a second. Yeah, because yeah. They're, they're, there's an incredible story really uh, surrounding Hearts at the moment as well. But they are uh, 46 points. Yeah. So, that, so they're 13 clear oh, of Wraith. But then you've got Wraith and Dundee on 33. You've got Dunfermline, Inverness and Queen of the South all on 30. So they're, they're beginning to... I mean, there's actually not that much of a gap down to even third from bottom with, with Morton but, mm -hmm. but the teams I've mentioned in the 30s you've got five teams covered by three points um, all looking for three places basically below Hearts to get into the end of season playoffs it's, in, it's incredible Yeah and look I mean it is something that we kind of expected I think when you looked at the, the squad that Hearts had at the start of the season kind of expected them to, to bounce back um, but yeah like I says I mean out with that it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. interesting you know like it says there's um, there's some great results and some great matches um, in this particular championship. Even if, 
even Aloha, I can't land Aloha in terms of sometimes when you just think that they're going to go and get beat, and then all of a sudden they they mm. surprisingly get a you know jag a result. It's competitive, but Hearts are, have got a very very strong squad. Thirteen points clear, Rob, and taken stick. Yeah, incredible. I mean, <laughs> obviously they've had a horrendous week, didn't they? Because because uh, last last midweek they were they were losing at Brora. Um, in the Scottish Cup, which was in football terms disastrous, looking to bounce back at the weekend at home at the Coon of the South, yeah, yeah. lost, lost again. And and you know you listen to Hearts fans at the moment, um, and lots of them want Robbie Nielsen out, despite the fact they're runaway Championship leaders and heading for promotion. Yeah, um, as you said, you know there's a lot of unhappy fans considering where they are in the league, and I think Robbie Nielsen would be saying that. To, to the players and for anyone he comes into contact with we're top of the league you know at the end of the day the start of the season all they wanted to do was be promoted and they're going to be promoted you know the last week hasn't been ideal I get it uh, but as Craig said there's a competitive league and Queen of the South did beat them that shouldn't be happening at Tynecastle I totally get that mm. but they're, they're 13 points clear they're going to be promoted they're going to go back to the Premier League so yes you can be disappointed but some of the things I've seen and listen I'm I'm a Hibs guy so you know hearts whatever happens with them happens with them but You've got to be honest, and I don't understand how he's getting the stick he's getting. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really don't get it. He's achieved what they needed to achieve, and you know they look forward to next season being in the Premier League. It's going to happen, no matter what happens now. It's going to happen. They're getting promoted, and that's what they wanted at the start of the season. So I don't really get it. It's almost like there's going to be so much pressure on him now going into next season. You know, it's, it's almost like if. Um, you know when he's uh, not sorry. It's going to be when he's going to be sacked next season because they're going to have so much pressure going into the Premier League and expect to win games that maybe they they shouldn't be expected to win. But you know, Robbie Nelson's under so much pressure. And I just I just don't get it. I think the fans are looking at the squad and worried about next season that they're going to come straight back down. I mean, I I hear a lot of Hearts fans saying that 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 the squad they have and the way they're performing, yeah, that's a team that will come straight back down again. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's and they're a, big, they're big spenders. I mean, there's a lot of, there's lot a lot of money of, being invested in that squad. Work. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done from from here to to, to then. I mean, look, they, people get carried away with fantasy football, Rob, right? And 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 Robbie Nielsen's job when he come in is promotion, back up to the Premiership. That's his job. Has he done his job properly? You're damn right, he has. They're 13 points clear, and and they're going to win the league. The argument in terms of what, you know, I guess a frustration from the fans is in the style and the way that they're, they're playing. Now, again, be careful what you wish for. You can play beautiful mm. football and win nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's that balance, isn't it? Yeah, they've only got relegated playing football that Strendel came in to, you know, play a high press and, you know, a high line and they end up getting relegated. So what do you want? You know, it's a results business at the end of the day. So... It's, it's, it's such a strange one, it really is. Um, I think what complicates it even further is the fact that there's this Federation of Hearts supporters. I mean, basically the, the, the fans are helping to bankroll the team by making a, a monthly contribution. And some of them, uh, and, and I think it gets into the hundreds at the moment, yeah, yeah. have withdrawn. Uh, their contribution, okay. what, what you know, because they feel they're 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 not getting anything back. Now, there's been real togetherness at Hearts over the last years as they've come back from a really difficult mm. situation, um, and that complicates it yet further. They feel they're invested, and I mean, Anne Budge, the owner, is planning to basically hand the club over to the fans come the end end of the season so yeah. uh, there's a lot of emotion going on, isn't there? No, there is, and as you said, you know, it's never good to hear that the fans are pulling out of that because. You know, when it starts hitting finances, normally changes are made. Mm. But you have to remember, how long ago was it they paid was it £200,000 to, to Dundee United to get the manager in? Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I get it. You know, fans, you know, they pay their money so they can they can voice their opinions. But 
as Craig says there, it's good, be careful what you wish for because, yeah, everyone wants to be playing free-flowing football and, and I totally get that. But you also have to remember, within the championship, everyone playing against Hearts, that's their cup final. You know, so it's very difficult for Hearts just to go through the season and you know play brilliant football and win every single game because everyone coming up against them always raise their games. And I had it with Hibs when we were in the Championship. We were playing against teams and yeah. you know you see them the week before and they're terrible. We play against you, unbelievable, and the week after they're terrible. And that's the sort of thing that Hearts will have to be dealing yeah. with now. So you know, you just need to be a little bit careful. Yes, the squad needs improving next season, but I think they've got uh, Shea Logan just came in on loan now, yeah. so you know he'll he'll improve them again. And yeah, you know it's going to be a big season for them next season. The Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday with Rob McLean, Marvin Bartley and Craig Moore. And we have Ryan with us, who's a Scotland fan. Hi, Ryan. Hiya, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm not bad, not bad. Feeling good, feeling confident about tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah, of course. Good. um, A lot of people are saying I've not played well, but... um, We've played well in patches, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we get a win tomorrow, and then that's what's that? Five points, three, four. Yeah. Ah, it's five points. And then you're, nothing wrong with your arithmetic. Is <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people are just saying, ah, we've blown it already, and be worried. But football, football it can it can turn around just as quickly as as, as that. So. I had a, I had a yeah, therapy, I'm, 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 I had a therapy session with Big Marv and he managed to <laughs> he managed to talk me round because I, I I was a bit concerned about the the points total, but he's managed to convince me that it's very early on and there's loads of of time to turn things around. And we were speaking, uh, Ryan, before the show um, about possibly the the easiest games in a sense for Scotland are going to be against Denmark because we know you know yeah, Scotland tend to be at their best when they're against the best. I think so, and I think Scotland through the years um, have always played better when we're underdogs. So yeah. that that goes for us well. So I'll take that <laughs> definitely. But it needs to be convincing, doesn't it, tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, if you look at the Austria game, um, if we'd got the penalty and then two, two, three, two, there we go. We've won the game. Um, we never seem to do well away from home. It's only it's only only patches, but yeah, that, I, yeah, I think. If we play, play our strengths, I can see us winning the game. I was praying for VAR at that, at that point, <laughs> and sadly, the, sadly, the, that, what an incredible decision. I mean, it was like WWE, wasn't it? Uh, that, that, that challenge on, on Ryan Christie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, don't know defender, I don't know what he was doing, the defender. Um, it was it was bizarre, you know, both hands wrapped around him, and the referee's like looking at it. The only thing I can think is that the referee doesn't think Christie's getting to the ball. Um, you know, it's too close to the goalkeeper, it bounces too close in the six yard box, but mm. still, you can't be pulling people over but yeah it, w- it was bizarre it was really bizarre yeah. it, fell, it fell anywhere on the field yeah. anywhere on the field uh, for, and, and sometimes that's why referees you know in, in the box they got a little bit but I, I couldn't believe it wasn't given Although there were maybe two horrendous decisions that balanced each other out because yeah, I, I didn't see an awful lot wrong with the, with the header. No, I was screaming <laughs> foul at the TV. There's definitely something wrong with that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And Kieran Tierney made the best of it, that's that, that's for sure. But, I mean, they're, they're not a bad team, Ryan, Austria, are they? And, and I guess our hope from here has to be that they're going to take points against some of the other teams seeded above them as well. Yeah, I would say so. And a lot of people forget as well. I mean, they're like, oh, it's just Austria. But what was that? Majority of the players are playing in Bundesliga football. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to be. They're not going to be pure footballers. No, Bundesliga is well, a good league. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that was a decision that had a massive impact on the game, wasn't it? Because remember at one point, a couple of days before the match, it looked as if the German bass players wouldn't travel because they, they would ha- have had to quarantine on the way back. Uh. And of the 29-man squad, 19 were based in the Bundesliga. <laughs> And we know the Bundesliga mm. goes all right. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, not, it's yeah. not a bad league. And you know, the thing is, see, international football, okay, you'll see the odd result, Luxembourg against Ireland. So yeah. they, they pop up every now and then, but no easy games in international football. Mm. Um, you've, you've got to respect your opponent because there's always players at every level that are that are playing in the highest leagues. Yeah, Technically very, very good on the ball, um, so they can embarrass you. So it's, you know... You got to make sure that you always bring your A game with with international football. Denmark, I, I feel as if, like I said, I think they'll win the the group comfortably uh, because they've got such a such a great squad, um, and, and that's going to be the test. Like I said, the Scot- you know, the Scotland v Denmark games um, to be able to get something out of that because I think that there'll be other teams that will take points off each other. I mean, Stevie Clark's been uh, talking about uh, an arrogance. I mean, Scott McTominay. Uh, a couple of days ago in the build-up, I think, to the Austria game, um, was was speaking about a healthy arrogance that Scotland need to believe in themselves a little bit more. And and Stevie Clark picked up on that today. Not arrogance in a bad way. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a confidence, a belief. You have to go on the pitch. But I think we go to the pitch with that. Sometimes the opposition can upset you a little bit and then you have to respond. But I, I don't think there's any there's any lack of belief. I think we can be better. I think we can have a mentality that's better. I think it's a... And I've, I say it all the time when I come here. It's a, it's a group, a squad of players are getting more and more international experience. And the more they get, the easier it will become to play in this type of match where you go you should go to the pitch and, and dominate the game from start to finish. So you have to control your good moments and control your bad moments in the game just the same. The main thing is... Uh, Ryan, that, that Scotland are improving. Do you, do you see a Scottish team that is developing game to game? Yeah, I do. I think I think we're very, as you say, we have patches of good play. I just think it's the final third that seems to be the problem. Um, we just we aren't clicking up there at the minute. I, I, I'm not a fan of one striker up front. I never have been. <laughs> um, I would like to be more more attacking, and that's maybe what the problem is. I, the other the game the other night, I felt like Scotland defended very. Like we were going for a point. I might yeah. be wrong here, but until they scored, is when we all well, right. We really need to up our game here. I think that, and I, I'm like, why do why why do we never seem to take the front foot? We very rarely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Stevie Clark's listening, he'll have heard Marv reading out his team earlier on. He's got he's got <laughs> he's got two up top. What's your what's your full eleven, Marv? For tomorrow, <laughs> I only care about strikers. The, re- the rest of it doesn't matter. Oh, really? okay. yeah. I'm not committing on the defence. I only want the strikers: Chadams, Lyndon Dykes. I want to see it. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. this just because you're an at- a naturally attacking player yourself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My finishing was quite bad, so I got moved further back. But yeah, I'm a striker in my head. But it's uh, Adams and Dykes up top. For yeah, you. yeah. I want to see those two, and 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 you know. I- I'll, I'll take seeing those two. I don't think we will see it, but yeah, you know, um, I'd want to see the, those two up front together, definitely paired. What do you think, Ryan, for a scoreline tomorrow? Uh, I'll go 3 0. Yeah. 3 0 Scotland. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. At, at, at half time? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that, Ryan. That's a good, that's a good shout, mate. I'm thinking 3 0 as well. Yeah, as long as they bang the goals in early and we can relax, can that, I, that'd be good. Can I just say as well, uh, Big Marv, um, I want to just congratulate you on your fair play to Sean Rooney because I'm a St. Johnson fan. Oh, okay. I thought your tussle in the final was brilliant, but <laughs> fair play, you big man, because you, you get you get you go and give him a, a handshake. I like that. Yeah, no, nah, listen. Very often in football. Yeah, during the ninety minutes, you know, you hit your enemies, but then you have to congratulate people. You know, you have to be. Uh, never want to be classed as a good uh, loser, but you have to be fair. And listen, they deserved it on the day, and and you have to congratulate people when they win things. All Thank right. You very much. 
<laughs> Ryan, thanks a lot for your call. Thank you, buddy. See you later. Yeah, all the best. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, Tuesday's edition of the programme ahead of Scotland against Pharaohs tomorrow night, 7.45 kickoff at Hampden Park last Thursday. It was Scotland 2, Austria 2 at the National Stadium. And on Sunday, Israel 1, Scotland 1. So a couple of draws to get us off and running. And uh, we will see what is going to ensue um, tomorrow night. This is Kenny McLean. We've heard him from a couple of times. This is an interesting answer uh, about the form Scotland have shown in the qualifiers so far. Last couple of games in, in patches, we'll, we have been really good. We've controlled large spells of the game. Of course, we went into both games wanting, wanting three points in both games and wanting to win, but it wasn't to be. But as I say, the consistency thing again, if we can perform for you know, for larger spells of the game and be more consistent, then we win these games and that's what we're pushing for. We didn't we didn't lose the game, which is excellent, but we want to go that next stage. We'll go that one step further. There's a big three points up for grabs tomorrow and, you know, that's what we'll look to get. Rob McLean, no relation, Marvin Bartley and Craig Moore in the studio on the Go Radio Football Show. Interesting there from Kenny talking about consistency. I mean, everyone strives for it. Everyone wants to do it for yep. 90 minutes. Uh, it's dreamland to a certain degree. But Scotland want to, to play more than just in patches. Well, they'll need to. They'll need to to be successful and, 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 and put themselves in a position uh, for, for World Cup. Um, you know, he touched on in terms of dominating periods of matches. I understand that. You know, sometimes when you play away from home, it's it's hard to, to dominate for 90 minutes, but you're certainly going to have spells. Uh, we were talking off here, Marvin and I, about, you know... You, oh, I know you've been doing uh, plenty of talking no, no, off no, here. No, in terms of the, cre- <laughs> the creativity in the final third, if you're not getting sustained periods uh, of possession in that final third, of course you're not going to create a great deal. Um, so, you know, it's about where you have possession. Uh, for me, you know, you see a lot of teams like to build up at the back and all, that's great, but that's not possession that's going to win you games of football. Um, so I think... You know, to, to be dominant, there is improvements, but they've got the players. Scotland have the players to really go and test any team, in my opinion. Yeah, sometimes you make snap judgments when a player is put up for interview on uh, press conference day, like Kenny McLean was today, and you think, all right, he's up for interview. That means he must be playing. But but you can have the match programme uh, example <laughs> as well, where very often the if a player's face is in front of the match programme, you know for sure that they're on the bench uh, <laughs> th- that day. And and you certainly think, Marv, that that, that John Fleck is worth a, worth a start in midfield for Scotland. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that, as Craig said there, sustained pressure and possession that Scotland are going to have to tomorrow I think John Fleck's got a, a wonderful effort you know I really do think he'll be able to open things up in, in the final third I've been surprised he's not played you know a lot more but I get it with the style of play Scotland have played being more direct with Lyndon Dykes but again tomorrow I think they're gonna have a lot of the ball you know on the floor and, and he's something somebody that can open things up for Scotland so I'd really want to see him play um, you know I think he's a fantastic player and you know I'd really want to see him in a Scotland shirt and, and give it a go tomorrow this is Stevie Clark. I think they'll come out as the same as they did with Austria. They went out Austria, they put the Austrians under pressure, put a lot of balls in the box, they've got a long throw, they've got good delivery on set plays. They've got the goal off a set play, they've got a really big centre-half, who I believe plays in Ireland. And they're a threat, Physi- physically they're a threat. They're a good team. They're a team that we have to expect to beat, we have to try and, obviously we go to the game to get the points, but they're not the, the Pharaohs that maybe they were 10, 20, 30 years ago when they first broke into the international scene. They're, they're well organised and they know what they're doing. And Craig, if Scotland score early, you want them picking the ball out of the net and getting back to halfway and start all over again. I love to see that. I really love to see that um, because again, it's you, you, 
Sometimes football's a mind game, you know, that, that mentality of, of, of putting a team to the sword. You know, say if Scotland do score early, mate, go get the ball out of the net, run it back to halfway and go, we're, we're coming at you again. We're going to get the second, we're going to get the third. Sometimes these kind of games, it's not about the, the ability, it's about the mentality. And good teams go for the jugular, don't they? No, definitely. You know, and that's crazy. And they show your intent. And not only psychologically will that, you know, spur on the Scotland players, but also the Ferro players will be thinking, oh, no. <laughs> you know, they really mean business today. And that's the worst thing. Being on the end of that, you know, I've played with against a lot bigger teams and they and then do that. You think, oh, I don't need that. I want it in the net for like another 30 <laughs> seconds or so. You're telling the goalkeeper <laughs> to slow it down. So, yeah, you know, I, I want to see that from Scotland tomorrow. But first and foremost, we can't get ahead of ourselves. We need to win the game. No matter how the game is won, you know, need to win the game. And, yeah. and as, as Kenny was touching on there, you know, they had good spells within the game, but it sounds basic, but when you have good spells in the game, you need to score. And when you don't have good spells in the game, you need to defend and weather the storms. And if you do that, you know, you're going to go on and win football matches. So it's not all about dominating for 90 minutes because as you said, that's dreamland. Yeah. But when Scotland are on top, you must score. And when you don't have the ball, there's no need to panic. You know, at times it's, the other team are going to have the ball. It's a game of football, you know, you're 11 v 11, they're trying to win the game as well. But if you get good shape behind the ball and, you know, you're content with where they have got the ball and you're controlling what side they're going, Going down, you know, it makes things a lot easier. But as I said, you know, everyone's expecting a win tomorrow, um, and, and it's now time for the players to go and deliver it. And, and I believe they will. Stevie yeah, exactly. Clark was speaking about expectation, and uh, that was something picked up by Kenny McLean as well about that just feeling of uh, pressure mounting at the moment on the back of those two draws. It should because people can see that we're we're improving. People can see we're getting better. So you know, automatically expectation raises, and you know, it's something that we. We enjoy. We we want to feel that pressure, and we want to we want that expectation to be there to be, you know, competing against you know these top teams and these top nations, and we want to be qualifying for more tournaments, and we've shown that we can do that. So it's about you know it's about consistency now. That's what it's down to for us. We know we've got the quality there. We've shown that. So it's about bringing it out more. I do like listening to Kenny McLean. Um, You've, you've got to lap up the pressure, haven't you? You've got to enjoy embrace what, what pressure means. Embrace it. You know when. when when you're successful, obviously the, the, the levels and the bar continues to raise, expectation. And that's a great pressure to have. You know, that, that for me is what you want because that, that's progression. That, that keeps people hungry to keep driving and moving forward, Rob. Um, and, you know, as players, as coaches, uh, embrace that, you know, because that's, that's what it's all about. And there's nothing worse than just going through the motions, you know. Yeah. Like, how can we improve? Um, World Cup when we qualified at 2006 we got through to the round of 16 the next World Cup and this is Australia they're saying we're going to get to the quarters in the semi-finals like that was the expectation mm. on the back of some success but you embrace it it never happened but you embrace it it's like you know okay that's, that's the next challenge because yeah. you always want to push yourself and move forward and Stevie Clark did say, didn't he, before even the, the Austria game had happened, that he doesn't want Scotland to be one-hit wonders. It's taken 23 years to get to a major finals. Uh, he, wants it to, he wants Scotland to get into that happy habit. Of course, and why can't they? You know, as Craig touched on there, why can't they do it? You have to be raising the bar each time because if you start saying, oh, this is okay and if we can do it again, you know, they're not the words you want to hear. We have to do it again. And when we do get to these competitions, we have to kick on. And, you know, that's that's the pressure now the players are playing under. But, you know, winning games of football is very difficult. Nobody's saying it's easy, you know. It's a lot easier being the underdog, which... You know, Scotland have probably been for for a while, but now you know after qualifying for the Euros, now you're expected to do something, and this is when you need a slightly different mentality because you have to go out there and win the games, and it's a lot tougher to do that. But Scotland, as I said, have the players to do it. You look through the squad; there's quality everywhere. You have got players playing in the top leagues, 
Um, so you know they they can do it, and they need to you know thrive under this pressure now. I'm not totally sure about your uh, starting eleven for tomorrow night. In fact, you only gave me your starting five. I think to be honest, Marv. So <laughs> well, I'll so, give it to you in a minute. <laughs> right. So we've got John uh, on the line. Hi, John. Hi guys, how are you doing tonight? Good, thanks, John. Yourself? Yeah, good, thanks. I hope there's more than five players in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> five aside should do it against the Pharaohs. Uh, what, what about you, John? What's your idea of uh, the Scotland lineup tomorrow? Um, I, I don't think they'll make as many changes as they did when we played Slovakia because um, obviously that causes a Nations League places things um, transpired. Um, but I think there will be there will be a few. Um, I think there'll be. The opportunity for guys like I think Scott McKenna might get a game to basically say go and cement your um, Euros place. Uh, I think Kenny McLean might be a similar um, feel as well. I think he'll draw either Tierney or Robertson or even both because you've got the um, Liverpool Arsenal game at the weekend and also the European fixtures. Uh, Craig Gordon I would expect to be in goal tomorrow. Um, I think Carter's already hinted at that. Um, but I don't... There was... Some people say they might change the they would change the full defence and maybe Gallagher as well, but I th- I don't think he'll want to change a full defence. I think Hanley might stay in there. And to be fair, I've been a critic of Hanley, but I think these two games he's actually been um, he's actually come out okay. Must say, Marv had calmed me down earlier on. Now you're talking about lots of changes, uh, and Craig, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, yeah, I'm I'm a bit concerned about changing half the team. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the the same. Um, you know, for me, you, you you do want to be able to make changes and freshen things up, but sometimes you make too many changes that it, it affects, um, you know, sometimes cohesion and rhythm. Um, I, I expect to see some changes. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Robinson and Tierney left out uh, or rested. Um, I, I think Arsenal play Liverpool at the weekend. Yeah, as John well. was saying that. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's not for me at this stage. It's not about introducing somebody. To, to to see how, you still got to go. There's a job to there's a job to be done. Uh, a job to do. Sorry, to go out to perform well to to get a winning result. You can still win three 0 and have negative press. What Scotland need to make sure they have is a is a winning performance with positive press uh, and reports following this game. Uh, you look at Lyndon Dykes. You know, is this a game that you would even look at introducing him on the back of a yellow card? Uh, you you wouldn't. Mm. So I think Shay Adams still starts again. Does Nisbet come on and get 30 minutes at the back end of the game? I don't think he'll start. Yeah, Just, no, I agree with that. I don't think Nisbet will start either. It's and, and we're talking like the game's won as well. You know, this is this yeah. is kind of the mentality that Steve Cup won't want the players going in with because it's still an international game. It's still a, a difficult fix. You still need to go out there and win the game. And they know? went they went one up in Austria. No, exactly. And it, that's what you don't want them to go one up and then sit behind the ball and you're thinking, wow, we've got like four or five of our better players on the bench. I, I don't care who Arsenal or Liverpool are playing at the weekend. Those players mm. are playing for Scott. They were scoring at this yeah. moment in time. Yeah. They're playing. Yeah. So whether they go back tired, you can rest them for your, for your club team if you want because we need to win this game. So I'm, I'm playing both of them. I, I, I couldn't care less. And it sounds bad. If I'm an international manager, I couldn't care less what's going on at your club team. You're playing for us. We need you at this moment in time. You're with us and you're playing. I'm liking your message. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely am. Because And, and the other thing is, John, that this, this is Scotland's last competitive game, isn't it, before the Euros? So, you know, you want to get this right, don't you? You want to win with a bit of uh, verve and a bit of style and a bit of quality. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not saying, obviously, change the whole team. Um, I, just, I just think there's going to be a good bit of thinking that there might be um, a few changes, but it should be a few changes that go in the game. I'm not just disrespecting the Fairgrounds, as um, you rightly point out, they did take the lead in Austria, so we need to guard against complacency. But 
when you're bringing in players, um, like McKenna, for example, you're handing them the cash. Say, there's your, um, there's a there's a place at Euros up for grabs. Go go take it. And the same goes obviously for one of Terzi. But I'd, I'd be keeping Fraser up there with uh, with Adams. But I'd be looking at the four two three one because I'm not convinced the three five one one's working um, anymore. And we looked so much better on Sunday when we went the, with the four two three one in there. And I would certainly persevere with uh, McTominay in, in midfield because I think um, his drive from midfield could be vital tomorrow night as well. So Craig, stick with the back four. Or not? I'd go with the back four, but again, I'm not. You know, I'm not working day in, day out, and all that sort of stuff. I just yeah, but Scotland. I mean, look at the evidence looks, of Tel Aviv. How, how much come more comfortable Scotland looked in that shape? It just looked more natural. You yeah. know, they looked a lot more balanced, um, and, and and therefore I think they 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 were far better going forward, and they had more options going forward. But look, listening to Steve Clark, we we know Ferro's a physical side, good at set pieces, long throws. So there needs to be that physical component in his starting eleven that's going to be able to at least deal with that because that's what yeah. Scotland are going to get. He won't go messing with his team selection, no doubt about that. Mm. I mean, because, you know, especially... Had Scotland won their first two games, yeah. then, then we could be talking about a little bit of experimentation in this game. But with only two points on the board... Uh, this game, uh, this game is absolutely vital that Scotland get it sorted, and we're not hanging around in the 89th minute to try and win it. No, exactly, and that's why I'm saying I, I don't think he should, or I don't think he will uh, make too many changes. If the this is if the players are fresh to play, listen, that they're, they're an honest bunch there, and they'll say whether they're they're ready to play or they're not. But if the players are ready to play, then you know I'm sticking with the. the and again, against Israel, saying change the formation to a four at the back and whatever else. But that's against wingbacks as well, you have to remember. You know, so normally your fullbacks are free. So Robertson is going to get a little bit more space on the left-hand side when he's playing against a right wingback and he's got a winger in front of him to, to keep that wingback back. So, you know, I, I think Scotland have to stick to their guns tomorrow. They're the, they're the big team going into it tomorrow. So, you know, Fair Islands need to worry about Scotland, not the other way around, you know. And that's that's kind of the arrogance I think that Kenny McLean's talking about. We can't afford to go and worry about them. You know, if we turn up, we're going to win this game. So let's go and impose ourselves upon them. Let them worry about us. And that's the shift in mentality that I think Scotland have to have because they are a very good team with very good players. And I don't need to believe that. And I, and I think tomorrow, though, I really do think I'll go and put a performance on. And I want to see the... Well, I've got three, four, two, one written down because I want Dykes to start, but I don't think he will. I think it will be Adams. What have you got written down, John? In terms of scoreline? No, um, no, no. Your, fi- no your, your full, the full team. What's your full selection well, for team. tomorrow? <laughs> Massive so, pressure, uh, John. Team. It'll be, it'll be changed tomorrow. And this is Bleasdale versus Bartley, so <laughs> this, is, this is, you better get this right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Clark will pick something close to Marvin because Marvin knows a lot more than me. Um, <laughs> but I'll go, I'll go um, Craig Gordon and go. Um, I've kept it on at right back. Um, I've actually went to the left back, um, although, as I said, I think one of him or Robertson will be dropped, uh, or rested, sorry. Um, my centre-backs, I'm going with Hanley McKenna. Um, my midfield, I'm going with Armstrong, McTominay and McLean and my front three um, I've gone with Ryan Fraser I've gone with um, Che Adams and I'm actually starting Ke- Kevin Nisbet oh. I think oh. he could be something I think he could um, be unleashed tomorrow but um, I, well I would certainly give him a go but user obviously thinking different user probably right and did, did you say that's five changes from Tel Aviv John mm-hmm. yeah five changes Craig what do you think of that, that sele- selection Again, it's a team that, that should go out and be able to, to perform. Um, whatever 11 players get the opportunity um, in an international game of football to go out and, and get that right result after a, not a shaky start, but two draws. 
Um, I don't think Nisbet will start though. I, I do think he'll get minutes. Um, so like, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see whoever they put out. Does does Fleck come in, you know, or, or does McLean come come in? I, I I think there will be a freshen up in the in the middle of the park there. I think probably that means McGregor will miss out. Mm-hmm. Um, but McTominay he, he'll hold his position because it's a physical team and McTominay's a big physical lad. Yeah. You know, he's got some presence in the middle of the park there. Like him in the middle of the park, not as a central defender. Better <laughs> oh, yeah. scribble him out then. Yeah. Oh, he's not going to agree with this team. I'm in trouble already. <laughs> Thank goodness we had that experiment with Scott McTominay in a back three, and oh, yeah, uh, now, yeah. we're, now we're playing him in midfield. Now he's back in the back three with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do have uh, we do have lots of quality in midfield, and I, and I guess that's what Stevie Clark wants to get to eventually, isn't it? That that feeling that he's got a good system and everyone understands responsibilities, and he can slot players in and out seamlessly. Uh, prediction, John, for tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go see now Scotland. I just want to add, Marvin. I'm loving the wee chat from you. Um, you're obviously loving up your solo. <laughs> My brother said that to me the other day. You've been in Scotland for too long. I don't even realise it's happening, mate. <laughs> We're changing him slowly, <laughs> and but surely he is uh, becoming half Scottish. John, thanks for calling, and uh, wish you all the best. Uh, Thank you very much, guys. You. Appreciate it. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. It's Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show. We do it every night live at five for a couple of hours and you can catch up as well on the podcast well through the half million mark now in terms of downloads. Um, so good that you're enjoying it retrospectively if you're not with us uh, live on the radio got about uh, 13 14 minutes left on the show right now been talking a fair bit about Scotland naturally enough uh, tonight and that big match tomorrow night at Hamden against the Faroes and of course uh, the Scottish team uh, playing for European places apart from anything else with the finals uh, coming up in the summer. Let's hope there are going to be some fans at uh, Hamden for the two home games, uh, Craig Moore, because uh, we got a little taste in Tel Aviv uh, on Sunday of uh, what fans bring to football ah. matches. We'd almost forgotten. Yeah, no, it's amazing. How good was it, you know, to, to see fans and, and, and the lift um, and how they can support teams, you know, that's that's certain clubs. Well, every club, to be fair, in world football, that have not had fans at their games this season, everyone's felt it. So yeah, no, you're right. It was great to hear it, even watching it from the television. Just that you could hear it coming yeah. through the the screen and all that. And to be fair, the players love nothing more than to play in front of fans. So yeah, hopefully, positive times ahead. Yeah, we're just looking at uh, Pep Guardiola on the TV screen in the studio at the moment, the Manchester United uh, manager, which makes me think about uh, Sergio Aguero. It was announced this week, of course, just in the last day or so, Marv, that uh, Aguero will be parting company with Man City after an incredible ten years. Yeah, he's been a fantastic player for them, hasn't he? Um, you know, absolutely brilliant for them. You know, top, top player. When he first came in, you know, I didn't know about him. You know, you'd heard certain things. Didn't know he was going to be the player that he has. But, you know, I think probably over the last year, you've saw, you've seen that the kind of injuries and everything else are maybe catching up with him. And, you know, Man City are a top, top club. And as bad as it sounds, you know, they need to evolve and bring in another striker. But what he's done for them, you know, I think there's a statue going up of him uh, at the Manchester City Academy and it's been fantastic not only for Man City but for, for the English game as well you know just to see him playing in, in, in the Premier League and the sort of things he's achieved you know it's been absolutely fantastic and you know they need a big big striker to come in now and replace him because you know for a, for a spell he's probably the best striker in the world uh, point Where would he rank Craig in the English Premier League strikers over the last 10, 10 years or so? 
I think he's I think he's maybe number four in terms of scorer all time. Was English Premier League scorer. How many, how many goals yeah. has he got? United? Something I, I, like that. I, I, I think I've seen a little bit of a flash. The players that are Alan Shearer's one that's ahead of him. Uh, uh, presumably Harry Kane must be ahead of him. Yeah. And uh, and I think Devante Cole's dad, yeah. <laughs> and Andrew Andrew Cole. Yeah, he went, uh, he went all right as well. I actually yeah. seen a tweet from Shearer Shearer last night saying uh, legend uh, to Aguero and, yeah. and well done. I mean, you know. Potentially the best the Premiership has ever seen in terms of you know that, that's that's how big um, people are talking about you know what he's done over the, the last ten years at Man City. Uh, it's been enormous. The interesting thing for me is where does he go? You does, know, like, does, where, he stay, does he stay in England, where, for instance? Oh, I, I just think again we've touched on a few. There's only certain clubs that are paying crazy money, yeah. right? He's at one of them. Right, obviously he's leaving. So does he go to PSG? Nah, I don't think so. Is it Real Madrid or Barcelona? No, because he's been at Atletico Madrid. Does he go back to Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. uh, where there's been recent reports of Suarez being linked back to Liverpool and all those kind of things? But yeah, where is he going to end up? I don't think he'll end up at another Premiership club. No, no. I had Liverpool. Somebody threw Liverpool nah. into the, the equation today. Nah. Can you can you not imagine him more at another no chance? Team no, he, he would Man never City. do that. No, I, I could never imagine. I think he'll go back to Argentina. You know, I think he's earned yeah. enough money. He doesn't have to worry about that no. anymore. I think it'd be probably a, a spell where he goes to give back. Um, you know, I can imagine going back back to Argentina, going back home. You know, and, and enjoying the, the last couple of years of his career. Um, you know, in and around his family and in, in the country where you know it all started for him. Yeah, you good, you mentioned replacing him, and 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 there there's a massive question. You know, will will Man City go for somebody under the radar? Uh, maybe somebody like the the young Aguero when he when he first arrived there, Harry Kane. or Harry Kane, yeah. or Erling Haaland. I mean, uh, from Borussia Dortmund. I mean, if you're going to, uh, he's, get, he's not flying under the radar though. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm saying, I wonder yeah. if you go for somebody who, who's you know you haven't you haven't heard that much about so far and is going to develop and going to explode into something special, or do you go to something that is obviously something special already, and that is Erling Haaland? Yeah, no. Again, like we we can speculate because mm. that's all we don't we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But you know, if if a Harry Kane, for example, was not happy at Spurs and wanted to have success and all that, that'd be an unbelievable signing. You know, Harry Kane's record uh, is incredible, um, and he would he would do an amazing job and would be a nice replacement for Aguero. Haaland, he's a different beast. He's a different beast, and, and still with so much, so much upside. And how old is he? Twenty. Twenty, but the and he's got 20, 20 Champions League goals already. It's scary. I remember playing against him at seventeen, and I, I spoke to a manager back in England. At I presume you had him in your him. pocket. No, listen. Do you know what? We played him in the first leg, um, and you know that they were okay, a good footballing team. And they're speaking about him, and I was like, "This boy's seventeen. How good can he be?" And I remember we went and played them across at their place, and I knew straight away that he was a special, special player. And I think they could have got him for I think it was three million at the time. Mm. And this team were in England were umming and ahhing about him, and, and now you look, he's he's special, isn't he? A real special player. But I think. I think Man City will go for Harry Kane just so they know that he can do it in, in the English Premier League um, you know and obviously can do it in Europe as well but I think Harry Kane will be the one you know, number one target on their list and it's not bad if Harry Kane's you know happy at Tottenham now but Man City come calling for chance to win Premier League titles chance to win Champions Leagues he's going into his kind of prime years now he's given a lot to Tottenham you know without winning anything so I think you know I think end of this season if Man City come calling Harry Kane be like do you know what I've given you a lot now it's time for me to move on 
and that Haaland versus Mbappe, which is gonna <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna be the the top guy of those two in a in a very similar sort of battle to what what unfolded maybe ten years ago with Ronaldo and, and Messi. And Messi, yeah, uh, and, and again, uh, you know, with Haaland and Mbappe, great young players, but very different. Yeah, very different. You know, uh, Mbappe is you know really intelligent player, takes up great positions, glides by players, has that composure. Uh, Haaland is just a physical, physical yeah. beast. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched games where defensively he's, he's, he's clearing the ball from his six-yard box at a corner and then he 70 yards, mate, he's sprinting up and, and getting on the end of things and, and scoring goals. He's, he's just a, a phenomenon, a really, really uh, an unbelievable athlete. In the UK, he could, he could do brilliant. Yeah. The conversation goes where it goes on this show, but we're going to come back before we go to Scotland against Pharaohs tomorrow night. And here's the gaffer. Ross, you're right. The first 30 minutes especially, they got themselves in front. They're physical team. They're physical. They're good at what they do. Uh, norm- normally two banks of four defensive, uh, defensively. Solid. Two good strikers with a little bit of legs, a little bit of pace. And a threat on set plays because they have some really big ones. One of the beauties of international football, you're always being asked different questions. So it's, it's good. It's another challenge for the players that are selected to start the game. In. And obviously we want the three points to finish the week where as many points as we can get. There have been some uh, shock results uh, in recent days, haven't there, around uh, Europe, one of them for the Republic of Ireland, and uh, uh, Scotland don't want to be joining those statistics tomorrow night, Craig. And I, and I don't think they will. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm quite happy with the threes and fours that, that a lot of people are predicting. I just hope it's a really positive performance and creating a lot of opportunities so that there's a, there's a positive spin at the end of this game. Marv? Yeah, it's the same. I agree. You know, I think it's all about winning. Um, then after that, you know, look for a really good performance. But I'm expecting it from the Scotland team. I think they'll come out the traps really quickly. Um, you know, try and put Faroe Islands to the sword early, early doors. And, and then if you want to take your foot off the gas and give a few boys, you know, minutes uh, in a Scotland jersey, then then so be it. But a good start's so important. You no know, first 15 or 20 minutes of this game are massive. Um, whether you score a goal or you're just constantly on top, one or the other. Yeah, there are European places, obviously, to be grabbed. Um, players in that squad don't want to be dropping out of it. There'll be some not in it who think they might be worth a place uh, come the summer. Um, but there are lots of uh, motivations uh, beyond that for Kenny McLean and others. I think that's always there, but I don't think it changes how we apply ourselves. When we come away, we work as hard as we can. We try and improve each other, of course. You're always trying to impress because of what's there. Um, and the next squad will be the Euros, so... You know, the managers obviously get decisions to make. There's there's plenty of quality that aren't here right now um, that I'm sure are in managers' minds. So certainly everybody to work as hard as they can when we're away. Try and impress the manager, of course, and then go back to your club and do as much as you can. It's about developing game to game, isn't it? And, and maintaining the momentum Scotland have found in recent times under Stevie Clark. No, they have. Like I said, he's done a wonderful job and, um, you know, it's very consistent, you know, uh, which is important for the players. Uh, it's actually a nervous time for the players, I feel, you know, because obviously they get this window out of the way and then you've got that, that finish to the season. Um, you know, so players, and I know when I was in that position myself, you're nervous because you know that there's a, a major tournament close, so you want to make sure that you're professional, you prepare, you do all the right things because there's nothing worse than, than having an injury and missing the, the, that, that great opportunity. Yeah. And the score is tomorrow night, Mr Moore? I'm going to go five. Five nil. Come on, Scotland. Yeah, beauty. That will will do fine. Uh, Marv, are you a bit more conservative? Yeah, I'm going three nil. Um, You know, good performance. Three nil win. Uh, Happy days. Hopefully Nisbet gets off the bench as well. Thanks, Marv. 
Thanks, Craig, as well, for joining us on the show. We are back uh, tomorrow night, uh, building up to the big game, getting considerably closer to kick-off at Hamden, Scotland against the Faroes. Paul Cooney here with Barry Ferguson and Shelley Kerr tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the Sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. 